Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of my Cincinnati Bearcats and the great Oscar Robinson. Now, do your favorite, found the show, hit that like and subscribe button, smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 699 subscribers. We're so close to 700. Now this show and every show is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, today's a very special day. I got Bearcat legend and member of the Final Four team. If you can see him over my shoulder there, the newspaper up there, the Final Four team. And uh, Bearcat broadcaster, Terry Nelson. So I'm going to bring him on the show today. What's up, Terry? How you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. I'm excited, just like you, trying to figure out what's going on like everybody else in the world. <laughs> exactly. But it's that time of the year, bro. Yeah, exactly. So I've had lots of people ask me this. What's what's going on with the basketball scene this year? When are they playing? When's the first game? What do you know? <laughs> Man, <laughs> whatever you know, you can tell me. Right, so right. I've called my producer from uh, Fox Sports, which they would be more in tune with what's going on because of the TV schedules that they have to put together. They don't know what's going on. So uh, the closest I've got to, we may have some Bearcat uh, um, insider programming after Christmas. But oh, wow. That, we don't know. Normally we would do one Bearcat insider taping. Right. Sports during a bye week of football. We already had a bye week of football. We didn't have one there. We just don't know. I mean, I don't know. With Claire Channel, they haven't talked to me about, you know, radio schedules. Hmm. I talked to Craig Heavenly, who is the director of basketball ops for the Bearcat, who I love. Right. He, he Matter of fact, he, he he messaged me and said, hey, Terry, I got your championship ring here. When are you going to come pick it up? I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, you know. There you go. I've been doing radio for six years and TV for 10. Uh, never got a conference championship ring from really the previous coaches and – here I am with the first coach, first year, ties the conference championship. That's pretty cool. And Dan and I get a ring. So I think that's, that's awesome. Cool. That's cool. That's cool. So I know uh, they were supposed to start the season, uh, the NIT. That was supposed to happen. And then that got canceled. And then they were going to have an ESPN bubble or whatever. And that's, I guess, not going to happen now. Uh, the only schedule that I've seen or game is Crosstown Shootout. <laughs> that's the only one I've seen. So. Um, but well, we, we get can get one. We get one game a year. We get crosstown shootout and maybe one like Houston. We're good. Right, 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 right. We, we, we win both of them. We'll call it a season. We're good. We're Houston, good. Memphis, <laughs> crosstown shootout. Right. Go. Right, right. All right. So, like, I guess let's get into the if when we get to see them play, the the team, the the recruits that that John Brandon brought brought in, and your feelings on on them and how this is technically for me the I think. Brandon's first full year of having, you know, his own recruits. You know, what what are you hearing and how how good have you have you got to watch practice or anything like that? Or you know, I haven't got a chance to watch practice um because of COVID and because of my busy schedule with real estate. But I do some uh officiating youth hoops. Okay. And so D Davenport, Jeremiah's dad, gives me the rundown from Jeremiah. So this is third party information. Uh, but he gives me the rundown, and he says the point guard battle is strong. <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, that's good. Imagine that. You know, that's the center battle. That's pretty much set. Keith Williams at the small forward. That's pretty much set. Everything else is up in the air. Okay. You know, obviously Michael Adams Williams is going to be your guard, whether it be point guard or two guard. Right. He's going to be in that lineup. He has the experience. He's long arm. He's a lefty and he can defend and he can do a lot of stuff. And he can stabilize the offense. So let's just say, excuse me, three out of the five positions are set. Okay. Uh, with, with Brandon is he's not a guy that is top heavy, meaning you're top five and he's going to play those top five. Regardless. Right. Right. You know? Sort of like the 87 Illinois team where they had five <laughs> players. The Kindergill, you know, Bardo right. and you know, right. all the this this team is 10 deep, so it's about who is your top 10 starter. So fans right. always want to know who's your starting five. Right, right, right. And, and Brandon is always, who's your starting 10? Who's the guys that's going to play? 
Now, mm-hmm. obviously, in the last four minutes, you've dwindled down to your closeout lineup. But the people that are set up people, like pitchers, your set up pitchers, your set up people that will get you from the four minute mark of the first half to about the eight minute mark of the second half. And then you start going with your closers. And one thing that I like, uh, I like the advancement of Mamadou. He's not a new player. No, no. But he's gotten better. <laughs> last year. Yeah. The dude, he's not yeah. a person to shoot. Um, you know, he thought he should have got more playing time last year, but with Trey Scott, who do you pick out? Right, right. And dude didn't really establish himself as what's his go-to. You know, if you're talking about a go-to move, he's got post moves. He can shoot. He can do a lot of stuff. Everybody can do a lot of stuff when they get here. Right. You start figuring out what are you successful at? Like, what right. does the team need right now? Right. And so to see his activity, his shot blocking, the way he runs the floor, how he can get out in the pitch and, pick and rolls, if his understanding and comprehension of what Branding wants to do is at an elite level, watch out for Mamadou. Uh, we saw what another year of, of Chris Volt in the offense would do, mm-hmm. right. you know, high-low dump downs. So we see all that. But there's going to be a lot of times, because of the versatility of this lineup and the, all the new faces, you're going to see some some weird lineups, but some <laughs> effective lineups. You're going to see five right. guards. You're going to see three forwards. And these three forwards can move their feet. You know, you're talking about having Mamadou at the five. Okay. You know, Keith at the three and Davenport at the four and, and, and Zach Harvey and Tari Eason maybe on the floor. Like, Tari Eason is a beast. Right. And when you see Tari Eason, everybody wants to compare him to Trey, and it's not the same. It's not He's the better? Same. Or he's he's different. different. Okay. Trey was, you know, he was very solid, low post defender, but he was a great help side defender. Mm -hmm. Yes, he was. Rebounder. Mm -hmm. Uh, He communicated. He constantly talked. Right. Um, He did it all. Tari is, he can handle the ball. He calls himself a point forward. He can handle the ball. He sets guys up. He is the perfect complement to this offense. Oh. I can't hear you, Terry. Oh, you're back? Well, I think I, you, you lost me a little bit. Yeah, there we go. You're back now. Brandon loves to um, swing that ball left to right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have a guy at the top of the uh, top of the key that can not only swing it, but break you down, that four who's guarding you, break you down, force people to converge, and then kick it out for shots. I think that's going to be special at the four position. Right. So the, it's going to be – Completely, don't, I, I think more of what Brandon wants his offense to look like because he tried to do that at the beginning of the year last year. But Cumberland was such a ball dominant player. I think he, and we talked about this in the last interview I had with you that, you know, he had a change with the players that he had. Now, this this year, from what you're saying, he's got more of the players he wants and more of them. So I remember one other point you said last time is Brandon's very good at uh, diagnosing and finding what spot on the floor. That they're good at scoring. I can't so, hear anything I, you're saying, Jeff. Oh no, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, right now, so it sounds like you're underwater gargling. I don't know what's going on. Are you, are you drowning right now? What's going on? I must be drowning. I don't know. Can you hear? Check, 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 check. One, two, check. One, two. Yeah, you're. Still no, right. I can't. You can't Do hear I me. Do I sound good coming through? Yeah. You sound fine. Yeah, you sound fine. I can hear you. You can't hear me. You can't hear or me at all? Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> you sound like the Terminator or some type of droid coming through. There that is not good. The monotony. <laughs> Perfect. Now, uh, ask your question again. I tried again here. Um, last year, uh, he had Brandon had to change his offense because he didn't have the players that he wanted to run his system. Cumberland was such a ball-dominant player, he had to change with the talent that he had. Not that it was bad or wrong or anything, but that's just what what he had. So this year, what you're saying is basically he has more of the guys that he wants. And you said this in the last interview I had with you that we can uh, Brandon can actually break it down to spots on the floor where these guys can score. So this is going to be a completely different offense than we're used to seeing as Bearcat fans. Yeah, you're going to see pick and rolls left and right on both wings from the corner. You're going to see high ball screens again. But you're going to see the ball hop and 
into the place where guys are going to get comfortable. And that's going to take a while. When you got new guys, new guys have to get out the habits that they had, you know, from high school, from AAU. Right. You can pick up some bad habits. You can win some games and play against top competition, but it's not the same as being coached and drilled on a daily basis in a high school practice. So, yes, they get recruited from AAU, but their fundamentals come from high school basketball and what they learn from, you know, trainers and all this stuff to get to this level. Right. But you're going to see a team that pushes the ball in transition. If you watched last year, when we get the rebound, it was Brandon doing this. Let's go. Let's go. Run, run, run. And then Cumberland would look at him and give him that little, a little slow. I got this slow down. And he would just turn his back right. and he would be upset because he wanted to push and Cumberland wanted to play at a certain pace. Right. And then it'd be time to come and get the ball mm -hmm. and he would freight train all the way down and get to the hole and do right. whatever. He, and he wanted him to play like that all mm -hmm. the time. Cumberland couldn't do it because he was playing 38 minutes a game when he wasn't in foul trouble. And he needed those, he needed that foul, he needed that, that body of work going forward. Right. This year, he's got guards that can absolutely push the ball, made or miss, and get directly into transition. So instead of stopping at half court, calling out a play, mm -hmm. you're going to see a guy come full speed, use bumpers all the way down. Those little five and four guys are going to be setting screens right. in transition, getting to the paint, kick it out. They don't have anything, throwing to the top on the ball screen, getting to exactly into their offense and making it a system to where it's free-flowing and maybe they see a matchup and they pull it out and they call something for the matchup. But don't expect them to come and walk the ball down like previous administrations and wait and make sure everybody gets into their right spot and 10 seconds on the clock and then run a play. Right. So, more like Steve Nash. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And the, and the good thing, too, is we're still going to have that great Bearcat defense along with actually an offense, which – don't get me wrong, I love Nick Cronin, but we never had an offense like we're about to have with Brandon this year. Yeah, Cronin was a master defensively. His yes. master defense was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and the offense came around in the last couple of years because yeah. of Gary and Kyle, who to work mm -hmm. with. But the offense with Brandon is just on a different level. Right. Uh, you know, he's an offensive mastermind. And when you utilize as much um, data and, and stats, and, you know, he uses all this stuff. He knows – based on not just the game tape, but his own practice. He has guys charting shots made, mm, shots right, missed, right. which drill, who won the drill, who lost the drill, what was the score of the drill, who were the guys on each team when they lost certain drills. And all these managers and assistants compile this data and information and mm -hmm. come up sort of with a dummy um, feeling of what their team is. And then you take that and you press it up against game tape and right. once you get a couple games under your belt, remember last year how uh, the, the, it was different in the first six games. The point yeah. guard oh, yeah. uh -huh. drops my mind at the time. He was the point guard for the first six games. He um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. Yes. He, couldn't, he couldn't make free throws either. He couldn't make free throw. <laughs> I, actually, I, know, I can't think of his name right now, but yeah. And everybody's telling him, Coach, pull him out, pull him out, pull him out. Well, they didn't right. have the data. Right. The company compiled the data. And when they gave him the data, it realized, well, Jaron Cumberland's better in the pick and roll. The right. offense runs better with the ball in his hands. So he put Jaron at the point. And then when he put Jaron at the point, he started using more Trey in the mm -hmm. pick and roll. So Trey right. would start, you know, the pick and pop. He started making some top of the key threes. And the dump down, <clears throat> Jaron was such a great high-low passer. He throws darts. Right. The dump down to Chris Bolt. Chris Bolt, once he got positioned, he would throw this dart to Chris. Chris would catch finish with his left hand, right hand around the basket. So you're going to see spacing on the floor. You're going to see speed at different positions, but you're going to see a coach that has like his timeout game was so strong. Yeah. Coming out of timeouts. Yes. He had, like the perfect plays. Mm -hmm. I, yes. I often liken him to Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens has some of the best timeout play calling. Right. In, in the NBA. And I think Brandon has some of the best timeout play calling out of timeouts, you know, on the college level. Right. Well, you're getting me fired up. I'm ready for the season to start. Just listen to you talk. But let's get to some questions here. All right. We got the boys from uh, Pardon the Punctuation. What's up, Jeff? What's up, Mr. Nelson? And this is something you talked about at the beginning of the show. But how do you think my boy Mamadou will do this year? Mamadou. I love Mamadou. Uh, first of all, he's one of the funniest cats we've ever had for the Bearcats. You know, <laughs> I was a stand-up comedian. We had other guys that was funny. But Mamadou and his meme game, 
and what he does <laughs> on social media is so hilarious. He's just a free spirit and nothing really gets him down. You know, mm -hmm. he's growing the dreads out, cut the dreads, whoop with the shorter haircut. See him in Clifton, he's always hanging out, he's always smiling. Even when he wasn't playing as much as he wanted to, and I would catch him on the road or on the bus or on the airplane and just have a quick three to five minute conversation with him and try to vision cast with him. And, you know, because he's he was frustrated last year with his playing time. Right. And I'm saying, look, Trey had to do the same thing. Trey's first two years, he got like seven minutes a game. Yeah, yeah, he barely played. And all of a sudden, he blew up. Yep. Uh, but he kept working. And Trey mm -hmm. knew, I got Kyle, I got Gary, I got, you know, all these guys in front of me. Yes, I can come in there and get offensive rebounds, but his game wasn't developed. His right. offensive game wasn't developed. And then the minute that they were about to uh, name Coach Brandon the head coach, I was walking in early. I was trying to go meet Brandon to be there early for the press conference, mm -hmm. to, you know, to congratulate him and, um, I saw Trey walking out, and Trey's in a full body sweat. Yeah. I'm like, I like the new coach. T-Nail, I love him. This is what <laughs> I've been waiting for. He said, I've been on the phone trying to talk to Nasir Brooks not to transfer. Right. And Nasir was like, no, nah, he doesn't like to play with post guys. And he's like, what are you talking about? You know, where are you getting all this information? All these right. guys are in his ear. Mm -hmm. He said, "This is if you want to go to the next level, this is where you need to be. Obviously, he didn't listen to us. So right. Let's just hope Nasir has a good year with Miami. But when I he he said the offensive development that the coach is going to give you, the floor spacing, the first couple of practices. After two practices, three guys decided they decide they needed to transfer. <laughs> was, wow, it was totally different. Like we're out, <laughs> deuces. <laughs> it was it was a lot of cutting, starting, stopping. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of defensive drills, full court sliding your feet. When I saw the big guys slide their feet, I said, "Oh, he definitely can't play here." Some of those, <laughs> three of those guys left. They were like, "Oh, yeah. he can't, he can't play here." Right, you got to be able to move. So, but I knew going forward, based on the drills that he had from the first practices that Coach Brandon had, that he was looking for bigs that can slide their feet, that would talk on defense, that can open their hips, make a rotation, block a shot, make up for a, a teammates. You know, when you're playing on a string defensively you're going to have guys pressuring the ball mm -hmm. guys trying to keep an eye on the ball my man and then that sort of that half man in the corner or right. the key that you're guarding in a help position right and when you see that you got to have guys that can cover multiple areas at a time my right. is perfect for that because he can cut you off mm -hmm. and then he can go and jump and contest a shot without fouling mm -hmm. and he's good enough to get back in there get the rebound if he doesn't get it he runs with the intent to catch the ball and score. Yep. Those bigs run the floor and just run to their block. Like, he's okay, he's flying. He's running as fast as he can wherever he goes. He's I, flying, I, man. Yeah. He's, looking. he's calling for the ball. Yeah. He's yeah. constantly moving. And if he doesn't uh -huh. get it, he's not going, hey, yep. man, you know. Yep. No. He just jump, jumps on his horse and goes back down the court or gets in the defensive stance. I mean, I've seen him where he's at the top of the key, you know, doing this. The next thing you know, he's flying down, blocking a shot, and then taking off, and he's, the, he's leading the break. That and dude has got excited. Yeah, he's, he's got all excited. kinds. Of, yeah, he's excited for other people when they right. do well. Yes, and I love that about him. I, I that gets me hyped up when I see somebody getting that fired up for their teammates and everything. I'm just like, yeah, that's you know, that's what you want. And the, the interesting thing you're saying about uh, a couple of these guys, things couldn't move. When you look at Chris Vote, <laughs> he's not a guy you're going. Oh, that guy can move fast. He moves pretty good for a seven foot tall guy. I mean, I'm, he improved. I think tremendously over the over the course of the season. Now I don't know how much he was able to put weight on because I think that's his biggest thing he needed to do over the offseason with the pandemic and everything going on. Do you know anything about has he been able to add any weight or anything? He was two seventy last year. What are you talking about? Add weight, man. This, he was he's a tree trunk with legs. Man. <laughs> he's hard to move around the basket. That's what made him so effective. His thing is lateral movement. Yeah. It wasn't so much about the weight. He's going to get bigger and stronger right. because he loves the weight room. He loves what the, you know, the resources that the Bearcats have. Right. But it's the lateral movement. It's going to, you know, block a shot. They dump down to somebody else because you recover, you know, how do you break away from going to contest a shot, turning around to being the help side defender again? Right. Or you're the help side, you know, you're, you're guarding your guy. Somebody breaks their man down. You got to go over to help. And then they kick it over to your man who you just left, mm -hmm. turning your hips, sliding 
effectively to go and block the shot without fouling. He started to get into foul trouble, you know, in the last 10, 15 games where yeah. it was like, Everybody's like, man, where's the stuff you were doing in the first 10, 15 right. games right. of the season when you were dominating, leading the, you know, you were the top three in the country in field goal percentage. Yes. And all of a sudden, you started getting in the conference play, mm-hmm. and people were like, where in the heck is Chris? Right. Well, understanding of the offense, understanding how to get your shots, having guards that actually look in the post, because mm-hmm. there were certain people that did not look in the post. Once they got the ball, head was down, and then they probably <laughs> Right, right, right. And it's like, throw it to Chris and cut. Right. So He'll find you. He, he's, he's a really good passer for a big guy, too. Yeah, but if you can't move in this offense, you're not going to play. Right. Yeah, and that's what I love about Brandon's offense. I, I love the motion offense. I, I This is this is one of the problems. I used to love the NBA. Well, I still like the NBA. But I have a hard time. It's a lot of ball-dominant players and stuff. I love pop, pop, pop. The ball moving around and everything. Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I I loved watching them play. That that was so much fun watching them play. Because that ball is constantly moving. That's what I think from what I've saw and what you're telling me, that's what Brandon is gonna uh implement. And we're gonna see more and more of that uh, this next year. Yeah, you had several years when Cronin was there, especially his last couple of years, Justin Jennifer at the point didn't turn mm-hmm. the ball over. Yeah, very efficient with the basketball the general. But they would have games where they would have 17, 18 assists, and they look efficient because it wasn't – it was one of those things where the ball had to move from left to right and nobody had to shoot it until Gary or, you know, Jacob. Right. You know, or Kyle with that wild left hand. Anyway, how that ever went in. <laughs> that was and an ugly-looking shot, but it would go in. Beast, man, but he never got his props. Right. Because, you know, he, he, he had the same issue with hips. Yeah. You know, he really didn't rebound the ball well. Right. But he'd get you a bucket against the best defense because it was just awkward. You know, as a good defender, you don't know how to block the shot. No. <laughs> he's looking at you and he's throwing it with his left hand. It's like you ain't even turning your body. You know, it's just, <laughs> right. just whoop. It's a jump shot with the hand on the side. He's just, you know, right. It's just like, how the hell did that even go in? <laughs> All right, let's well, get, we got, we got a couple questions here. Let's uh, start a pile up on me here. We got part of function ovation again. With the departure of Mike, uh, the strength coach, will have an effect on the team this year. Well, you can't get rid of a coach like Mike Rayfield yeah. and the stuff that he did and not have an effect. Mm-hmm. It won't be a big drop-off because, you know, you got to give the new guy a chance right. to come in there and establish his program. And I think they'll be okay because they know what they want. They have a template of what they want. And you see one of the great things about Cincinnati – is they got a great vetting process. They mm-hmm. have not got it wrong with the coach. No. For five, ten years. No, they haven't. No, they, yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, so the vetting process with, you know, the athletic director, Cunningham and Karen Hatcher and mm-hmm. and, 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 and Kaz and, you know, all these different guys that are in the de- decision-making process along with some of your, your donors and your board and all that stuff. But when they look at guys, they vet. Because yeah. they know the kind of people that they need to continue to to grow the program. When they brought in Mike Rayfield, it took you it took Cincinnati basketball to a whole nother level. Right. Because not only did he bring in the weight part, he brought in nutrition, he brought in science, mm-hmm. he brought in data. We're on the bus. Me on the bus along with the team with these glasses on. Yeah. That help you with locating certain things. It just sort of focuses. It's like a little light that's on top. Right. A blue light. And you have this thing on, and it's in your eyes, but it allows you to focus. It keeps your eyes from being jittery and huh. looking all over the place and having ADD and ADHD and all that. And it just focuses sure. you in. Exactly like that. <laughs> it, just, it lays your focus. So I get off the bus, and I'm walking around like, man, look at that sign. <laughs> and it's like red fox with glasses, you know? You're like tunnel vision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to join you, honey. <laughs> But he has so much stuff. Like every day, he's pulling something out. Like I just right. want this. I'm like, what's that? Oh, you put this on your finger, and it just you keep. I'm like, oh my goodness, this guy. <laughs> but the new guy, you got to give him a chance to right. implement his system to see right. how good how good he is. Right. All right. Let's get to some more questions here, Daryl, Terry. What do you know about Mike Saunders at this uh, point guard position? Yeah, he's lightning quick. When there was when the coach said he was the fastest point guard in high school last year. I mean, picture this. I think he had four the four other guys in his starting lineup for his team last year. Right. All Division One players. Ooh. 
It's a good high school team right there. As the point guard, and they were ranked fourth in the country, I think it was, before mm-hmm. COVID shut everything down. Yeah. And so here's a guy who's used to distributing with high-impact players on his team and getting everybody going. He's that's a good. He scores when necessary. That's and what you, that's what you need right there. That's you, what you need. You yes. You need a, a, a dominant point guard that is pass first, sort of a rondo. Right, right. Who who sees the game mm-hmm. and will grab the huddle and say, "You got to do this. You got to right. come over here and do this." Because Keith Williams is as talented as he is. A church mouse makes more noise than Keith. <laughs> Chris Bolt won't say anything. He right. loves his, you know, he he, uh, he loves his rap music. He loves all. He's not going to say anything. So <laughs> you got to have your point guards. Mike Evans Woods will say some things, but uh, right. your your leaders are going to be your newcomers. Yeah. They're going to be the ones. If they can grasp it quickly, and I think the, the fact that you have a bunch of newcomers will force Keith and Chris Bolt to be more vocal. And I think the coaches will will press upon them. You guys got to start saying something. You got to right. start well, making sure that you know that what we're doing is being not just talked about from the coaches. Because when you walk into the gym, atmosphere wise, mm-hmm. it's just it's electric. All the right. everybody's in there clapping cheering is positivity it's, it's it's no negativity even That's when the awesome. coach has to correct an issue right he's not cursing you out yeah i, I love that about brandon i i really i think he's a, he does a very good job of having teachable moments and not destroying a guy's confidence because some guys can't take that i mean not everybody you play for hugs I guarantee you, I would have a hard time playing for him. <laughs> He's yelling at me the whole time. I get depressed. All right, I suck. I can't do anything. But some guys can't take that, and that, and unfortunately, I think the newer, younger guys have a harder time taking that than you the older guys used to. Yeah, you Cronin think so? Different than Cronin. Okay. Uh, in this respect, because I don't like to compare our coaches because we have some great coaches. Right, right. Yeah. But let me compare this thing. All right, good. Hugs will MF you and call you all kind of names and try right. to poke that bear and, and, you know, but he allowed some of that back because yeah, he was trying he to did. get to something. Right. He was trying to wake up the alpha in you because of the road games that you're going to play in Memphis, the road games where back in the day, UAB, mm-hmm. the road games you play at Houston. Yep. His job was to try to make practice as tough as possible. So when you're on the road, you can handle it and doing that, he allowed a little back and forth. So you had right. Ben Fortson, Nick mm-hmm. Van Exel, mm-hmm. Ruben Patterson, King and Martin, um, Art Long, these guys going D'Antonio Winfield, getting in verbal altercations with the coach. Right. Now, see, if I, you're, oh, God, no, if you're a fan or you're a high school coach in the gym watching, you're sitting over there, you know, hitting guys like you see that? <laughs> and he's calling you all kind of names and the players going back at him. And then practice over, he's got his arm around you like, hey, I got some Montgomery in at my house. That's coming over. That's cool. That's cool. See, you never saw that on TV. You know, I mean, oh, you kind of saw the back and forth, but you never saw the arm around them and stuff like that. So that's where the the, the view of hugs is different than actually his relationship he had with his players. You couldn't do that under Cronin. Yeah. You went back at Cronin, it was a sign of disrespect. Ah. We would sit you or, or get rid of you. Mm. You, know, you know, and hugs was like, you ain't gonna do nothing to me. I can fight you. Just, I'm just as big as you are. Right, right. So exactly. I'm gonna get in your face. I'm gonna test you. And if you just as mad enough to to fight me, do it to that person that you're supposed. Because that person's kicking your ass. I ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> right. Five offensive rebounds. Right. Like, I haven't got one right. yet, but you want to fight me. Right. You need to fight him <laughs> and box his ass up. Right. If you knock him down. And you get a foul. That's cool. Right. I'll take hey, it. I, hey, I, I was good at fouling out of games. I, you can ask all my friends. I was great at fouling out of games. Yeah. <laughs> so so no Cronin, it's funny because Cronin would say in practice, knock a guy down. You won't let him do all this. And obviously, you get in the game, you do it. You dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> right. Like, he didn't really mean for that guy to do it. Where right. Was like in practice, when he says, knock a guy down, and, and when you knock him down in the game, Hugs, instead of yelling at you, he would yell at their official. Right. But you didn't see the other play down there when he did this. Man, right. He, to fight he had your back. Players, yeah. And then he would take him out. You know, but like, when you watch Houston play, mm-hmm. the Cougars have about two or three bigs on their bench that are goons. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Their job is to come in the game, just be physical. Yeah. Use all their five fouls. Yeah. Take them out. 
Yeah, I, I I have a problem. I don't real I don't like Kelvin Sampson <laughs> to, be, to begin with, and I, I oh, yeah, Trent, dude, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I got yeah, and they, they do have they do just have thugs, man. I, I just come out and that's all they do is try to provoke and, and get fouls out of you, and it drives me nuts. And then it drives me nuts more when the Bearcats fall for it because like, that's all they're trying to do. Don't do that. But it's easy for me to say it sitting in my chair at home than playing the game. <laughs> yes, right. All right, I got a couple more questions here. Let's see here. All right, Tyler, vote wasn't used to playing all those minutes last year either. Do you think that had something to do with how he, you know, performed down the stretch? Absolutely. I mean, you're growing into a position. Right. I mean, you go from being a spotty off the bench player who had a couple big games at NKU to the focal point of an offense on a nationally powerhouse team, Cincinnati, we were ranked last year, but everybody knows who the Bearcats are. Right. Um, we're used to being ranked. Mm-hmm. We're used to being a top twenty-five team. We're used to be the target on everybody's, you know. Dude, we're 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 the team that comes in in all black. You don't want to see black. us all black, baby. Yes. And I love I, that was when I was in high school. I'm trying to go to date you, but when you were playing and you guys came in in all black and you guys started getting rolling, I loved it. We had the black hats. We were the bad guys. I didn't care. That was awesome. And that yeah. what we. Sometimes you guys walked in the gym and had them beat before we even played even threw the balls out there because of that. Come on. That's right. So, I mean, that that's that's where I, I want the Bearcats to get back to that. I mean, they, they had it with, in my opinion, they had it a little bit with Cronin, but it hasn't been the same because we haven't always been able to back it up. When Hugs was there, we could back it up, you know. And I think with Brandon and the way he's trying to get this program and the players he's getting in there with the offense and everything – and the defense that we're already known for, I think we're going to have a shot at getting back to where Hugs was, you know, in the top ten uh, almost every year. You know, having a chance to go pretty far in the in the in the tournament. I, I, I think, think that's we have a chance. chance. I think we have a chance to get us higher heights than Hugs had us. Oh, uh, okay. Because the offense is better. Yes, yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. Technology has advanced since then. The resources we have are much better than what Hugs had here. Right. Um, we go after a different type of player right now that we're here. We've got shooters. We've got mm-hmm. ball handlers. We've got the coach. We've got all the stuff that, that makes a program really effective. Right. But when you look at Coach Brandon and he chest bumps his guys, he's very analytical. You couldn't ask him about a series on Netflix that he would know about. <laughs> he's all locked in. He don't know nothing about Netflix. No. No, I remember, I remember him. The, the show I went and when I first met you last year, he was. I don't even remember what brand brand guy asked about something. He's like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm locked in on basketball. I, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, you got. He has to ask managers to open his laptop. You <laughs> <laughs> don't know passwords. He <laughs> don't care. As long as if it ain't basketball, he don't care. He wants. He is so locked in. Right. And he's got the perfect spouse. Lisa is like such a basketball wife mm-hmm. and mom. You know, you get I love following her on Twitter too. Awesome, awesome kids and basketball players. But he's got the perfect family setup mm-hmm. for him. And we are fortunate when Mike Bone made the hire, everybody thought Nick Van Exel and some other guys, Andy Kennedy. Right. We were upset. The the the, the base former players were upset for a minute because they, for a moment because they didn't have a, a former player. Right. We thought all these guys, they should have kept them in the family. Mm-hmm. But once people got around Brandon yeah. and see the kind of practice and, mm-hmm. and the kind of stuff he runs, remember the first game of the season, we're playing the number, what was it, number 18 team, Ohio yeah. State? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we yeah. We should have beat them. We, we should have beat them. 25% from the <laughs> Yeah, I could not believe we lost that game. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I was so excited to watch the offense and how we were shooting. I'm like, dude, I haven't seen a Bearcat team shoot like this in – I don't know when, and then it just went. <laughs> but just think, if we make a couple shots, how that right. changes that because our defense was stellar. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but our we kept missing the shots. Like we would rotate it, we would get wide open shots. Jaron didn't have a good game. Right. Um, you but know, Jaron was injured a lot last year too, so that's what everybody's got to remember. He was injured almost a whole year. I, I know. I know he fought that. Leg injury or foot injury or whatever it was I can't remember, but I know he was injured a lot last year. Yeah, he went to the NBA tryouts and hurt his toe. Oh my goodness, did he? I didn't know that. He cracked a um, he had a cracked bone in his toe, so he had to rest the entire 
offseason pretty much. And then he came back to practice and he just didn't have the same fire. He kind of thought that it was going to be a Cronin thing where the coach said, okay, this is our All-American. Let's run everything through him. Right. And he didn't give his best effort. He was not the best player in practice. I would go to practice and I'm sitting over there. I'm watching guys that were walk-ons being the best guy. I'm like, this guy do this all the time. He's like, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. And I'm like, man, when you see Jaron, Jaron, he, he, he never talked. Yeah. But it's he showed up on game days. Yeah. And that kind of drove me crazy because as a coach, you're like, you know what? All right. I can't coach the way I want to. He's a senior. I'm a mm -hmm. new coach. He's an All-American. He's coming back. He has expectations. Parents have expectations. Fans right. have expectations. The reality is if we want to advance past one sweet 16 and 13 years, right. this is what we got to do. Right. And he had to sit Scott, his dad down, and Jaron, along with the coaching staff, and lay out expectations. Mm -hmm. And when he laid out expectations, you didn't have another problem with him because he basically told them, this is my program. Right. I got a bunch of stuff for Jaron I haven't even put in yet. Jaron's been hurt. We've been mm -hmm. trying to implement our system. Right. Got all these plays I'm trying to put in with but I can't have you guys going behind my back on social media, talking right. to people in the stands, talking about the program and all that. Because if that's the case, I'll just sit them. You can transfer right now. <laughs> Get there you go. And from that point on, he had no problem with Jaron. That's good. And, and that's the kind of coach that we have because it wasn't malicious. Mm -mm. He wasn't, you know, cursing and all this. Stuff. He was just like, look, I love Jaron. I'm right. not trying to hurt him or sabotage him. I'm not trying to take away from anything. In fact, mm -hmm. I want to make him better because on the next level, He's going to have to be able to pass. He's going to be, have to be a better pick and roll player. He's going to have to be a lockdown defender. And if he if he does that, then we have a chance because Keith's going to be a good defender. Right. He's our leader. We got some shot blockers, and you got the defensive player of the year in the conference. Right. You're a former player of the year, uh, MVP of the conference. We've got some pieces, but until we develop all the guys around us, and Jaren's got to be able to know as the playmaker with the ball in your hands, where everybody likes to shoot the ball, right? And where every where everybody's favorite shot is. Like if you give a guy this shot, or you pass the ball in this location, you should know if the ball's going up or not based on where you pass it to, right? Because certain spots on the floor, keep on the wing. When that ball goes to him and he's got the ball, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if the defense is on him or not. He's shooting yeah. that three point shot. He's going to raise up over you. He's going right. to raise and shoot. Right. And if you sprint at him, he's going to break you down and go. You, well, you already know that. You give him mm -hmm. this vote at a certain spot, you get weak side rebounds because he's going to yeah. shoot. Right. Well, until Jaron understood that, he had a little understanding of it. He had some games his junior year. Right. Where was like, man, this dude's going to be special next year. But then you had to make sure that you reiterated it. Understand the offense. Right. Understand where you're going to get your shots. Mm -hmm. But understand where everybody else needs to get their shots because if you have knowledge of where everybody needs to be when you're attacking downhill off that pick and roll, it's going to make you a so much better player because you know if you come up that pick and roll, if your man slides to the left, Chris Bolt's going to be gone. If mm -hmm. the guy, weak side corner guy is coming in to help, the corner guy is open. So just do basic film study and understanding of the game and then seeing your repetition in practice, he knows that if I do this, then I have a chance to get in six, seven, eight assists a game. I told Jaron, I said, Jaron, do you know you can probably average 18 to 20 points a game because you're going to get to the free throw a lot. I said, yeah. but you can average about six rebounds and about seven, eight assists. And it was like, and you can see his hand start moving. Uh, oh, that's pretty said, good. You know, three <laughs> or four assists is good. Yeah. Seven or eight. eight means you're going to be a national leader. Right. And you're going to be talking about, you know, a combo guard on the next level. Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that once he bought into it, the, the offense, I think, started working better. I would have loved to have seen. I was so excited about this team and going into the AAC tournament and hopefully the well, NCAA tournament and all that stuff. And that's going to be one of the disappointing things that we never got to find out how it would end for this team. I would have loved to have seen that last year. It would just been – we'll never find out, but, you know. Got a couple questions here. Hang on a second. Titus, uh, he wants you to talk about when Eric Martin went off on hugs. <laughs> Oh man! So this is—I told you—we we we have the freedom to go back and forth, right? Right. So Eric's complaining about a rotation. 
mm -hmm. that took place that Eric didn't rotate. Eric was trying to tell Hugs what he saw. Right. But Eric's, you know, he had a love-hate relationship with Hugs. The junior year. This happened the senior year. Okay. The okay. junior year, he hated being at practice. As soon as practice was over, he would go over to his girlfriend's house who was on the dance team. And yeah. he, would leave. he wouldn't hang with any of us. He was just, because he was Hugs' punching bag. Ah. The senior year, he sort of, you know, he, he he's like, Hugs, you can't play. You can tell me whatever you want. I'm gonna play, and you gonna have to play me. <laughs> and so, when he did, he got into an argument about that rotation, Hugs told him, "If you're gonna sit over there and yell, get," he said, "Get out of here, just go." <laughs> so he's running, he's taking his jersey off, and he's throwing it down. And then he gets into the locker room, and he's like, "Damn, what did I do?" <laughs> so he's sitting there, he's got a towel over his face, and he's thinking, "You know, where I'm on, I'm on TV. People saw me." going off. I don't know if he knew the camera was following him. Right. And he was in there. He cooled off and he was like, you know, puppy with his dog between his, you know, tail between his legs. Right. Right. And coach came in there, read him the riot act in front of everybody. And everybody was like, just shut up. You just shut up. Because he still had something to say. Right. right. Do you want to play or do you want to be just, right? Just shut up and take it. <laughs> you can be right or you can right. play. You right. But you can be both today. Right. So do you want to play? So he was like, okay. So we go out there, we start playing. And it wasn't a good four minutes into the game. He's going up for a layup, and he gets clothesline and falls and hurts his ribs, cracked the rib. Yeah. So that's the first game in the history of UC where a player gets thrown out by the coach, comes back in, and gets put out by a player. You got to for everything, baby. Oh, my goodness. And the, fu the funny thing now is, is, if I'm not mistaken, Eric's an assistant coach with him at, at West Virginia now. Yeah, he started with uh, Kansas State, and he's been mm -hmm. with them the entire time. He's one of the hot assistant coaches out there who's next in line to get a college coaching job. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully. That, that's cool. So they made up, so that's good. <laughs> Hugs doesn't he – doesn't, he doesn't hold grudges. No, that's that, – yeah. Because he can say whatever he wants. But it's like the Flintstones. When that thing goes off, and everybody stops what they're doing. Right. And they right. just take off. They're headed yeah. for the – Subway or whatever it was back in the you know Flintstones days. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the the, the rubble mobile mobile or whatever. Yeah, he never yeah. He never held a grudge. That's like when practice was over, he get everybody in. He start talking about food. He start talking about you know you got to get to class and you know, we we leaving at seven, so you got to have the backpack. He never talked about somebody being lazy. No, because he had three hours to make you run and do that. So I guess was that hard to get used to? I mean, are you used to? Coach is always, you know, always poking the bear all, all times and hugs would stop. You know, I do it practice for three hours and I'm done. So that had to be kind of different or hard to get used to, I guess. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hugs. <laughs> right, so exactly. The first two weeks he was Dr. Jekyll, you know, putting <laughs> in the system. Right. Letting everybody know what they're supposed to do and all that. And then it's like the switch went off. Mm -hmm. After two weeks, he started calling you out on everything you're doing wrong. He called you everything except the name on your birth certificate. <laughs> I mean, you a dumb SOB, stupid SOB, lazy SOB, if you're an SOB, yep. you thought your name was SOB. <laughs> SOB like playing around like, me? Like, you talking to me again? Me <laughs> <laughs> or Eric, what are you talking to? Right, right. <laughs> so it's one of those things where he didn't really, he didn't really care. All right. he wanted is for you to give everything, every ounce of ability that you have. Mm -hmm. And what you were called to do. So the best thing happened for us is when he sat us down, we were playing, uh, we lost to Michigan State. We were up 17 at halftime our junior year. Mm -hmm. um, Anthony Buford misses a shot at the buzzer. We lose to Michigan State. Oh, yeah, I remember Michigan that game. It was like yeah. 20th in the country, 21st in the country. Right. So we had to change. We were 6 0 going into the game, 6 or 7 0. And we come back and we're about to play South Florida. They had a player by the name of Rodinko Dobras, and it was a it was a big game. Mm -hmm. Ups put us all in the baseline after running us about five sprints in a row. He knew we were tired, and this is what a coach does. When they know you're tired and he's about to break you, they talk for about a good two minutes before they make you run again. <laughs> Let's get your win back. <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes, I mean, 30 seconds of running, right. second clock run down. After right. about five of those, when guys like ready to just walk off, He's going to curse you out for the next two, three minutes for you to get the win. <laughs> so when he, when you're getting your win, he's walking down each person that's playing mm -hmm. and giving them 
a role definition. Right. And he came to me and he said, Terry, you're one of the hardest working players I've ever coached. He said, and it's evident. Everybody knows it. He said, but when you don't work hard, you suck. <laughs> you can't shoot. You can't handle the ball. He said, you you, you absolutely suck. He well, said, you can't so do if you don't go hard, I have no room for you. I can't play you. Right, right. Now, everybody's laughing and taking their shirt doing this stuff, but I'm sitting there like, got it. <laughs> yep. I, I knew my role. Like right. he said, you know, mm -hmm. when you, you you guard the best player on offense, yep, your activity, your intelligence shuts them down because you know mm -hmm. what they're doing. Like he yep. was giving me all the stuff, but all everybody else heard was, Man, you suck. You suck. So right. they were laughing, and I was like, Thank you. I just all I wanted to know was what can I do to help the team? And then I right. built my whole effort around he said, I'm the hardest working person in the gym. So every day in practice. Even though you had Van Exel, Herb Jones, Anthony Buford, Corey Blunt, all these guys were either our best players or all Americans or whatever. Right. I'm one of the best in practice. Me, Terrace Gibson, the second team guys, the, mm -hmm. we called the red unit. We had the black unit was the starters. Right. The red unit, we would have Terrence. T Rat. We would the starters a lot in practice. Yeah. I love, I love T Rat. I love, I love watching him play. So <laughs> every day, in the, you would go to the locker room and he would have who's on the red team or who's on the black team. Yeah. And based on the previous day's practice, you would get added to the black team. So whoever was on the red team wanted to get back to the black team. So they used to have their best practices. Right. So he would, we would go at it. And you would, you know, when you're second team, he wouldn't call fouls on you. So I can foul, I can hack. Him, <laughs> I can, Street ball, baby. Street so ball. With the ball he yeah. <laughs> it got to the point where on game time, he, he looked and said, John Lawyer was like, we got to play Terry because he doesn't need the ball. You know, he's right. he set screens, he talks on defense. Like, I'm the captain on defense. Mm -hmm. Offensively, you had all the captains. But defensively, I'm like a free safety out there, calling mm -hmm. left screen, right screen, get through, watch the man box out. I'm like, I'm every, getting him in the huddle. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to him because I've been coached defense in junior college. I've been coached in high school. Never was my thing until it clicked when I got to Cincinnati. I'm like, I'm not going to play unless I play defense. Right, right. Because we got Kirk, we got Eric, we got mm -hmm. Herb, we got, you know, Kirk was red shirting. We got all these guys that can score, but what am I doing that's different that's going to mm -hmm. get you playing time? Yeah, and he defined that for you right there when he said you sucked. <laughs> but, I tried to quit. You, yeah. know, you said he wasn't easy to play for. Yeah. But after two weeks, when he started calling me everything, I quit for a couple of days, <laughs> and I tried to yeah. come back, and he said, no, take another day off. Figure out <laughs> if you want to be the guy in Long Beach sitting under the big tree drinking a 40 hours, talking about the white man effed you <laughs> the entire time, or do you want to be a player? Right, because you're about to let down everybody in your neighborhood yep. because you can't take somebody, you know, calling you, you know, cursing at you. Right. Do you want to give this up? And I'm like, right. oh, damn, he's right. <laughs> like, no, I don't. <laughs> so uh, I, I, once you get past the point of what he's saying, yeah, no, you, when you, you when you get past the point of how he's saying it, and you can hear what he's saying, mm -hmm. you make the transition. Yeah, you gotta listen to the to the message. Of what he's saying, not how he's presenting it to you. That's right. And to me, that is, I think, I think younger kids right now have a hard time doing that. You know, I, I think they hear more of how you say it than what you're saying. So that's, but it takes a special, like I said, it hugs ain't for everybody. It takes a special person to do that. But I, I bring it to Brandon. I think Brandon does that too. He said, you know, he, he's trying to hug, trying to get the best out of you and define your role from everything that I've seen and what you're telling me about Brandon. I think Brandon's, the same way he just does it a little differently, like just like you said with, with Jared, how he sat him down and you know, all right, we got this. I got all these plays and everything. I got all this stuff that I want to do for you, but you can't be going behind my back and all this stuff. And that's just what it seems like. We had that same type of coach as far as philosophy goes, just in a different package. Yeah, that's good. That's perfect because Brandon is a guy who's very direct. Mm -hmm. And his assistant coaches are just, they're awesome in themselves. Right. But Brandon is very direct, but he does it with kid gloves on. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's not trying to knock you out with his message. Mm -hmm. He's trying to uh, ring the bell to make you wake up. And if you don't want to do what he's asking you to do, then just simply sit you down. He ain't going to yell at you. He ain't going to make an example out of you. He just ain't going to play you. Yeah, right. he's, gonna, he's gonna realize that when you're in the game, based on practice, he may have put you in the starting lineup, 
giving you the benefit of the doubt. But if he saw what he saw in the game, what he saw in practice that he didn't like, right? he ain't going to say much about it. He's going to put somebody else in and keep doing the rotation of people in your position mm-hmm. until he finds somebody that's doing what he tells him to do, and he'll right. just play them. Right. And the thing, too, I noticed about Brandon, I think he's very uh, meticulous in his – interviews and his thought process just the way he, he talks you can tell that his mind is always going of how do i want to say this what message do i want to get across i think he does that in his interviews with you and with everybody from the media you know in general and I, that's just very just different i mean not that Huggins didn't do it not that mick didn't do it, but it just seems like the way he speaks and the way he presents it, it it's just very methodical and just, I can tell he's thinking a lot. I guess I, that's a, if Terminator was a coach, Arnold Schwarzenegger would be John Brennan. <laughs> there you go. He's very methodical. He doesn't get caught up in emotion. He's caught up on data, on stats, and efficiency. Are you doing what we ask you to do? And if you say no, well, what are you supposed to do? Are you doing it? What do you need for me to help you do what you're supposed to do? You can answer those questions. You can stay in the game. If you're one of those shoulder shruggers, I don't know. He's like, well, until you figure out what it is that you want to do, go yeah, over there. <laughs> right. Go sit on the pitch. But I got right. a specimen here. All right. I told you I, I only keep you an hour here. Let me get a couple of these last little questions here, and I'll get you out of here. <clears throat> All right. Tyler, uh, why doesn't Oscar come to the games anymore? Cronin issues or or what? Or is it health, I guess? Yes. Health? No. Or well, health to Florida. He moved to Florida. Oh, okay. Um, but he, he, Oscar didn't really have a good relationship with Coach Cronin. Yeah, I heard that. Um, How's he with thought, Brandon now? Part of it was, you know, he's on the board, and he thought scheduling could have been better. And mm-hmm. he thought the, the, the level of talent that he was going after could have been better. Yeah, I, I agree with him on that. Cause so there's... when he got to that point, Oscar was like, look, I'm coming here, and there's 5,000 people watching Cleveland State. <laughs> but they want me to be in the front row seat because of TV optics and all this other stuff. And he was right. just like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. So, you know, big old, we'll be back around. But however, the last year Cronin was here two years ago, uh, big old came to three of Northern Kentucky's games. <laughs> he's good friends with John Brennan. Ah, there you so go. He liked, he sat front row in the, in the, in the NKU games, but he didn't come <laughs> to the UC games. So hopefully, if we get to to play on the road, if there's fans, yeah, hopefully there's fans. He may show up at a South Florida game or a Central Florida game, and you know, be able to to hang out with us. I know the new guys would love to see him because they've never seen him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's dude, it's Oscar. I mean, <laughs> I'm wearing his jerseys. He was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. I mean, he's an icon. Yeah. If if you before forget before Michael Jordan, he's. Magic Johnson before Magic Johnson. He averaged a triple double. Yeah, and not just averaged for that one season. There yeah. was three seasons where he was a rebound off mm-hmm. or an assist off. Right. It was a story that that some of the uh, legends would tell me. I used to run the C Club for the University of Cincinnati, which is the athletic alumni. Yeah. yeah. Basketball reunions. And guys would tell me that there was a time when we were in practice where they were doing a three on old passing drill. You know, the guy in the middle passed to the wing, gets a back right. pass. And, and they got to shoot a perimeter shot, make it, go back down, shoot a perimeter shot, make it, you're out of the drill. Well, Oscar would throw a pass that was so low that you had to reach for it, and you would catch it, shoot it, and miss it, and practice was over. He would make guys stay for an hour afterwards working on passing. Wow. He was a perfectionist, and he was saying, look, no, when you get to a certain spot, the ball's coming. When the ball's coming, it better go up. If it's not going up, pass it back. I don't want you shooting. I don't want you dribbling. I don't want right. you doing anything. If you ain't going to shoot it, pass it back. Right. But it was that kind of communication because he was type A. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I, I wish Oscar – I think the farther we get, he's getting more and more credit, but I don't think he'll ever get the credit that he deserves or how great of a player he actually was. I, unfortunately, I never got to watch him play, but my dad has told me all about him. So, yeah. I, I know. Big, big ups to Coach Cronin because everybody – you know, when I do these talks, when people always want to compare you the hugs to Cronin or Brandon to Cronin, right? And it's and it's very unfair because yeah. of, if if Cronin did not advance, because he didn't advance, he went to one Sweet Sixteen in thirteen years, right? But he made us relevant 
mm -hmm. 13, for, for nine of those 13 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, building a program in the Big East is not easy. No. You know, when you got Syracuse yeah. and Georgetown and all these. Especially you know, what he had to take over. <laughs> yes. I mean, there was nothing there. He had one player. 12 so. Juco transfers his first year. Going right. You know, trying to build it with Deontay Vaughn. And, mm -hmm. and you know, Deontay, if he played on a team that had Kenyon or anything, oh. he, he would have been a beast. Oh, yeah. Oh, I felt too bad for Deontay. <laughs> Cronin built a program that was sustainable. And people were like, okay, yeah, we've seen this act. This is good. When are we going to advance? And it was unfair to Cronin because he was a, he became a very, very good coach and a very good regular season coach. The tournament is a, just a different beast. Yeah. And, and you look at Krzyzewski's numbers in the tournament. They haven't been good. No, they're not. No, he either wins the championship or he doesn't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he just, he's also been there for, you know, 500 years, too. So, yeah. I mean, Dallas been to, what, three, four Final Fours, one, one yeah. championship? I mean, Kentucky fans get – that's what I try to tell my Kentucky fans all the time. They're like, oh, we're Kentucky. We got Cal. We get all these NBA players. I'm like, yeah, but the tournament's different. It's one game and you're done, you know? And, and what Cal does every year, he brings in a whole new team every freaking year. And so I, I get so tired of <laughs> – Kentucky fans going, oh, we're, we should be winning multiple championships. Like, it doesn't work like that. It right. just doesn't. No. All right. One more question here. You got, you got to know. I got to know, Terry. Skyline or Gold Star? Which one are you? Boom. Man, I like them. I like them both, but I'm going to have to go with Skyline. I can't remember yeah. I took my family to Gold Star. Yeah. Well, maybe it's the branding. I don't know. Heavenly days and nights are calling. It's skyline time. I should get some gift cards or something. I don't have a skyline commercial. I don't have a bib hanging up. I need something. If I'm right. sitting over here talking about skyline, I need to get you know, a couple hundred dollars in gift cards to do a promo or something. There you go. Speaking of promo, I know you, you uh, got your uh, real estate uh, uh, business going on. I told you to give a, a shout out here if you, if you want to. Talk about your uh, your new adventure you have. Uh, yeah, I love real estate. You know, I got three kids. They're you know, TJ is at Walnut, starting at receiver, and Tiana is a sophomore. TJ's ninth grade, and then my little daughter Tara, seventh grade, go to Walnut. I do this for them because I'm looking for a company in real estate where I can build, and everything I'm building, I can leave to them. Right. And I wanted you know residual income, and I wanted properties, and about what I really want to help people buy and sell mm -hmm. properties, whether it be right. you know investing or whatever so i came up with the tagline buy and sell with tnail.com so you go. If you go to buy and sell with tnail.com you'll be able to log on and even go fill out a profile and tell me what you want in that profile if you're looking for these properties if you want to list you can contact me there but you know for bearcats i want to be the official realtor for cincinnati bearcats like if you need something i want to go on that trip with you, you want an autograph poster or a picture i got you you want to take a selfie? I got you. Uh, if you want a rebate back on the house that you purchased, I got you as well. So we can do whatever it takes to make sure that, you know, if you're going to buy a house, list a house, or invest in a property, go to Bearcat. Yeah, I want you to sign my poster back there. Let's do it. <laughs> get that rental property so you can have your own studio. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I got the ice cave down here. So, you know, I got, I got the rental properties going. But yeah, this, this is my. That's not helping me. Please help you. <laughs> Let me help you. Help let me. me, yeah, exactly. Let me help you help me. I got you. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, hopefully, when the season gets going, we can uh, maybe do it again sometime. I know you're a busy guy, but I appreciate any time you can give me. Hey, we might get a Christmas show going on here during the, in the season when stuff is going on. I would love to get back on your show. Sounds good to me, brother. All righty. All right, Bearcat well, fans all across the country. I know those. Six ninety nine. Let's get that up to seven fifty by the end of the weekend. Actually, somebody says I'm at seven hundred right now. Come right on. there, and I think I'm at seven hundred. They said so. There you go. Woo! But I, I hit seven hundred like the other day. And then three people jumped off. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but I appreciate you, Terry. All right, take man. it easy. All right, brother. See ya. Later. All right, my thanks to Terry Nelson for joining me on the show. And now we're getting to the Facebook groups that I help run. And they are Bearcat Country, Bengals Nation, Reds Country, and Cyclones Country. I will be pulling the sound off of this and putting it on the podcast later on tonight so you guys can go check it out. If you missed the interview, it'll be on Bean Pod, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your, your podcast. It'll be on there. And if you do 
like, rate, and subscribe. Give me a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you can follow me, Strawberry Ice, on all my social media platforms, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like I said, YouTube. Uh, when I started the show, I was at 699. Apparently, I'm at 700, which is awesome. I appreciate all of you guys. Uh, let's try to keep that rolling. Just keep adding subscribers and add more subscribers. And other than that, we are going to do a show tomorrow. Um, I think it's going to be just me, but it might be Jeremy. It might be Mike. You have to tune in to find out. Other than that, that's just sports, baby. See y'all!